Good evening, everybody. This is Songez, or dialing in from the Cape Town studios of SAFM. We try and keep our conversations, of course, very relevant, so we can't and will not always be found in studio. Good evening as well from the team in Johannesburg, Lesejo Mangwenyane, the old horse, as it were. And, of course, Brafini, absolutely, is in studio. No, I like Mkayawam. Sia Daniels, I heard it, Sia Daniels, and of course, Shares, Chilwan and Dabiseng, our latest recruit. So this is the full team, I'm just out of town, and of course it's a great thing because I have a couple of guests lined up today and tomorrow, based from the Cape Town studios. This is certainly an opportunity for us to engage conversations of a different kind, and talking about Cape Town, and we're going to have this evening a guest engaging us in the conversation of the South African Cities Network recently on Friday having released its State of Cities Report 2021 that shows the country's population is expected to grow by between 19 and 24 million people by 2050, many of whom will live in cities or towns. The South African Cities Network report examines people and households, the economy, social fabric, sustainability, city finance, service delivery, citizen engagement, transport, among many other things. The report's five-year analysis of nine cities and their performances, trends, insights, inclusivity, productivity, and governance, of course, among other things, showed that each municipality has its own political and operational dynamics, and this has been heightened by COVID-19, of course. Everything has been heightened by COVID-19. With all this said, though, we discussed the future of South African cities, questioning the role of municipal governance in achieving South African cities that can be global cities. Now, this conversation, of course, is predicated a lot on the past, but even more on the present and what we want the present to look like tomorrow. Joining us in conversation, therefore, is the programs, sorry, is the executive manager for programs at the South African Cities Network, Ms. Nosipo Tlachwayo. The time is 20.08. Ms. Nosipo, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and your listeners. South African cities are minded to reflect to the state of the nation addressed by President Cyril Ramaphosa a couple of years ago when he said he envisions smart cities for South Africa. Indonesia is that one city that was, I beg your pardon, Lanseria. Lanseria is the one city that he made reference to of all these developments that are taking place or will soon be taking place there. High-speed trains, proper network, whilst all at the same time being environmentally sustainable cities. Perhaps with that in mind, which South Africans would remember all too well, given the fact that it came from, of all people, the head of state, what can you say relative to the State of Cities report about South Africa and the future of these cities that will be global players, taking on the likes of, I mean, Toronto is a world-class city in Canada in a first-class economy. That South African city, whichever one we're talking about, has to be competing with that. Surely. It it will need to be competing with global players um, in terms of the economy, social development and sustainability. Therefore, when we talk about, when the president was talking about smart cities, it's something that all of us really were eager to hear about. But that does not mean that while there's um, a move towards um, cities being smarter or new cities being established, those that are already in existence, their challenges are being forgotten. 
It's a matter of saying while there are these new initiatives and new developments that are proposed, whether we get to realize them or not, within the existing city context, how do we reduce the burden on the household, which is already has reached um, uh, astronomical levels in terms of um, house, households um, not being able to pay for their services to the municipality, and in some instances where you find a large number of households who go to bed without food. So it's a matter of balancing the two, uh, balancing the two, um, taking care of our existing cities and being uh, innovative and thinking about um, creating new cities, smart cities to respond to the economic and the climate climate change issues as well. We're certainly going to talk to the tensions and the competing interests of the development state that South Africa is, and I do not believe we can have an engagement that is progressive in kind and in nature if we do not have, as part of the conversation, a conversation on, of, and about rural development. And, and this is something that many of our listeners will be able to identify. And we mentioned earlier on the value and impact of COVID-19, and this is especially true now, what COVID-19 has availed to us as spaces that can and probably should be occupied by the people of the country. So when we're talking about South African Cities report after the ad break, Ms. Nosi Potlatwayo, who's the Executive Manager for Programs at South African Cities Network, is going to unpack a lot more of those issues. Of course, if you are listening in and dialing in and want to participate, please do join us on the line, Johannesburg 714-2006. Let us have your thoughts. Send us a WhatsApp as well on 0614-104-107. WhatsApp voice note, under a minute, please keep it short, precise, and brief. And, and as always, as always, we don't have to say it, but to say it. Let's keep it robust. Let's engage and engage meaningfully. After the break, we continue. South African Cities Report, your thoughts to us are important. On the viewpoint. We are back. We are live on SAFM. This is Songhez Omabekte on the viewpoint, live from the Cape Town studios. A great place to be at, and it's great to be here in another part of the world. On another day, we will be somewhere else in the great network of South African broadcast corporate broadcasting corporation infrastructure. On the line is the Executive Manager for Programs at South African Cities Network, Ms. Nosipo Tlachwaya, talking about the South African or the State of Cities report. Perhaps what I should have done, and, and this is the time that I'm actually going to take to just ask an open-ended question, what has the report, Ms. Nosipo, yielded in relation to the state of South African cities? I asked a, a very probing question, which has allowed us to actually engage on other issues, and we will certainly but not to take away from the report itself. What is it, the salient aspects of that report, that we should as South Africans be conversant on and perhaps guide ourselves in relation to the balance of this conversation? Okay. So th- this report is the fifth iteration of the South African um, State of the Cities report. Uh, we produced this report to reflect on whether cities are making progress, number one, and we look at various themes that influence development in cities. In this iteration of the State of the Cities report, uh, we recognize the need for us to focus on governance for a number of reasons. So why we picked up that uh, cities are performing um, to a larger degree in terms of what they are mandated to do, um, mm. meaning provision of water, electricity, um, distribution of electricity, a- 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 and the like. 
there are some uh, systemic issues which make cities not to be able to respond meaningfully um, on the developmental objectives. And we focus on the reasons for this. And at the heart of it, it came up that urban governance is something that we need to look at. And when we talk about urban governance, it's about cooperative governance, meaning how do the various spheres of government, which are interrelated but are independent, um, are able to work together to deliver or assist municipalities to deliver. But more than that, how does all of society contribute towards uh, the development of the city? So that, that, that was the reason for us um, developing this report, and hence we focus on governance. Now, out of this report, we've picked up that there's a few things that would need to be done if we are to make any headway towards the development of the cities, and they are all anchored around urban governance. The first one, and the most important one, is that we do need a well-organized, well-resourced, and a competent state. And this is not just limited to cities. It talks to all spheres of government, because whatever happens in um, Cape Town City, as you said, you are in Cape Town, in the city of Cape Town, they don't just do work on their own. We've got provincial government mm. working in the same space and national government. So the capability of the state at all levels is crucial. The second thing is that there needs to be a mutual understanding um, among all actors and players on what are the developmental objectives of a city government lumped together with uh, an issue of ethics, issue of issues of trust and accountability, accountability between the cities and the citizenry, accountability among the various um, um, government uh, spheres of government, but also trust between um, government, city governments, and its citizenry and other actors and partners who may want to work with the city to address its challenges. The third thing that we um, also um, uh, highlight in this report is that the political and administrative interface is very important if um, we are to see any change um, at, city, at city government and in terms of development. And we've seen in the previous term of office how those tensions between the political and the administrative interface has resulted in some instances delays in service delivery or non-delivery in some instances which impact on the ability of a municipality to then um, uh, uh, do its work as it is, uh, as it, as it is its constitutional uh, responsibility. And then lastly, we talk about uh, intergovernmental relations at work. So while you do have the IGR framework, which is um, um, accepted and adopted, how do we make this IGR framework beyond, take it beyond um, words on paper and make sure that as part of practice, there is respect, mutual respect across the spheres of government and that everyone works towards the same plan if everyone is going to be working in the same space, and that is the city in this instance. And hence we're saying cooperative governance and all of society approach is very important um, for South African cities. And this requires collaboration, and collaboration should be made easy. If I said there were two great challenges to all of this, or two of the biggest threats, to South African cities becoming these world-class cities. This is just my view from my engagement of South Africa. And, of course, you can correct, disagree, take it to task, as the case may be. 
Issue number one, political office bearers and how they have descended into the arena, if you will, in relation to the administration of cities. Look at, for instance, the status of local government in the country at large. The Auditor General tells us about their health, or otherwise, of local government and this the general polity of South Africa's local government system, probably now more than ever at an all-time low. I put it to you, that is big challenge number one. Number two, by virtue of the arrangement of state institutions and the frameworks that engage South African cities at large, national government, provincial government, local government, complementary institutions, PFMA institutions, if it is that, or MFMA institutions, around ultimately engaging the question of cities. And the fact that some of these systems or bodies or structures do not readily speak to each other well, to the extent that they do, sometimes there's just a misalignment in relation to collaboration. I put it to you, those are probably the biggest of the country's challenges as it pertains to what the South African Cities Network ultimately wants for its cities. How would you respond to that being put to you? I would um, I would recognize, I recognize the two um, issues that you've um, highlighted. I mean, on the issue you talk about the polity and um We've seen it not only in uh, the current administration. I mean, we've been following what's been happening in some of the of the metropolitan municipalities, either around political leadership or the city managers, be they acting or to be appointed. It is really a a, a cause a cause for concern. But on the politics and um, uh, how that has affected the administration of municipalities. At the end of the day, it is um, it, it, it's the general population of the municipality that put these political um, 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 parties into power, and therefore I believe that they also have a right to get them out of power, right? Um, so uh, the, the, the interface then, when there are tensions within the political party, and then they spill over into the administration, it then becomes a uh, recipe for disaster. It's not to say that the law is not clear on how these things uh, need to be managed because there's a clear line in all of our legislation between the political, the political and the administration. But when we start seeing that happening within our own cities, within our own municipalities, as a citizen of um, that municipality, what do we then do about it to make sure that one we hold either the administration or the politicians to account. That's very important. The second thing that you are raising is around um, the need for the state institutions to readily speak to each other uh, so that they can work together. And I agree with you 100% there. So um, what we saw um, about a year and a half ago was the introduction of the district development model by um, the Cooperative Governance, the National Department of uh, Cooperative Governance, which is aiming to really say we all are working in the same space as government, and therefore let's all come up with um, with one plan, right? And it's nothing new because it's, it's anchored around what the paper, white paper, which was adopted back in the 90s, 
said about development in the city is that they would need to speak to each other. Now, the challenge here becomes when, um, yes, we can come up with one plan, but if you are going to account differently, that's going to be a problem because I, as a city, have got my own uh, performance objectives and then this other sphere and the other sphere. So we, the, the, the jury is still out on whether when the DDM model is implemented, is it going to be successful, number one? Uh, mm. But number two, in terms of who is going to be held accountable for its implementation, is it the minister? Is it um, the various ministers? Is it the provinces, the, 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 the provinces and the embassies? Or is it the cities? Or are we going to, for the first time in this country, going to see joint accountability on things that are going to be done at the district level and the metropolitan municipality level? So what you're raising is quite important. But the one thing that I think we are not emphasizing enough is that mm. the problems of the cities are beyond what government can do. So we really do need to start thinking about who is outside of government that can assist to deal with the challenges that are faced by cities. And those include your non-government um, uh, sector, for an example, who've been doing incredible work. And we've seen it during the times of COVID, we've seen it in Etiquini during the floods, and we see it... Um, can I interrupt you there? Sorry, Sisnosipo, I'm just rushing for time because I've got less than six minutes with you. I, I did not miss that concession that our problems are beyond government. In other words, government to an extent is overwhelmed or is just but the action of throwing the towel in the ring to say they've lost the battle for the development of South African cities. Now, having said all of that, which to an extent I might actually be minded to agree, never mind the calamitous effect of the statement itself stands for, do we then not have to prioritize the arrangement of the state together with its... Shall, let me call them social partners, the non-state actors. For instance, look at how South Africa has been able to, open quote, close quote, not respond effectively and adequately to the KZN floods now. Late last year, or in July last year, the, the riots that were taking place in parts of Gauteng and KZN, and for the best part of two years, COVID-19. In, in other words, there is just this discord of those who are doing the work on the ground in South Africa, but for present purposes, let's focus on cities, versus the state actors within the cities, and that these efforts do not speak to each other for whatever the reason might be. And to many, it is obvious what the reasons are, but I'm not going to delve into my own prejudice into this effect. How then do we ensure, as part of that concession you've made, we empower those non-state bodies and actors and legitimize them with resources, with access, and even just the good old thing of responding timelessly to engagements. This South African proverb, the system is offline, must be one of the biggest tragedies we have to engage in this context. You're 100% correct. So um, it's, it's more than just saying we are engaging with the communities, we're engaging with our stakeholders. But when we start on a process of relationship building, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to effective service delivery or dealing with any crisis, that's where we're going to start seeing gains. And another thing that you're raising, which is uh, critical, you, you're saying that the system is offline. Much of the problems that we see uh, that are not attended to in, some, in most instances in cities, it's sometimes not about the lack of resources but it is your business processes that do not enable 
for um, you know fast turnaround time for municipality to deal to deal to deal with issues. So we do really need to get our city to form those alliances with people who are outside of government. But the starting point for that is that their own processes need to be agile enough so that when you go to a city and you say, this is what I can offer, it doesn't take a city or a municipality six months for them to approve, to partner with them. But they need to be agile, they need to be adaptable to allow for such partnerships to be formed. Often you find that people are willing to assist are frustrated because municipal processes do not just allow for that to take place. So it's something that we really need to pay attention to if, 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 if anything is to improve. 2027 is the time. My guest, Ms. Nossi Portlatroyo, Executive Manager for Programs at the South African Cities Network. We're talking about something which should be the concern of everybody listening here, whether or not you are in the city or, frankly, even in the rural space, because this conversation has a tangential effect. We have one voice note after which I would implore those who aren't listening, at least one voice one voice called Johannesburg 714-2006. Of course, the conversation after this in many respects ties to this conversation because if we need first-class, world-class cities, we need to perhaps redefine the game or elevate, especially the STEM spaces, that's your science, technology, engineering, and mathematics because these are the things that perhaps South Africa might be losing some critical ground in relation to where perhaps the rest of the world is making investments and thus turning around the lived experiences of its citizens. One voice note, hopefully a call after which we will close the conversation. Uh, good evening, Songyezo, and good evening to your listeners. I am supporting the president's initiative to build a smart city in South Africa, but I don't support him when he wants to build it in Gauteng because we cannot uh, centralize all economic activities in a single province because it doesn't go in to help us to reduce migration. All departments in Gauteng, they will complain about an influx of people from other provinces. It could, it could be a good idea for him if he can build that smart city in other provinces such as Limpopo, Eastern Cape and the others so that we could avoid those number of people migrating into a single province. We cannot uh, centralize all economic activities in a single province. Uh, Good evening to you, uh, Songhezo. Fantastic point. And perhaps what I would tie to that point, Snosipo, is the fact that, truth be told, the government has really not prioritized your small towns and rural development in particular. I mentioned rural development, small towns in the light of COVID times, especially now in this advent of working from home. So the need to physically be in the context of Gauteng and Johannesburg to be in the office was largely taken away and in many instances has been taken away for good. But you now find somebody who's been living in Johannesburg for all of their professional life faced with the option of going back home But the infrastructure to be productive at home is not there. Outside being in the office or in the work environment, you've got nothing else to consume your time progressively and developmentally. So perhaps you might want to spend some time talking to us about the losses that have come with the lack of prioritization of rural development, which one, stymies the need for migration, 
but too, especially in a South African context where people claim identity and relationship with land, how economic opportunity has not been tapped into by the lack of rural development, roads, for instance, and related infrastructure. The fact that the ICT, telecoms industries, do not really reach them, there's no credible, sustained network coverage, that makes it incredibly difficult to be there on holiday. How much more in a professional setup? the losses that have come with a lack of prioritization of rural development. It, it, it's very true. And if you think about the cost of underdevelopment, and I'm using the term uh, very loosely, it's mm-hmm. actually it's higher for those people who are in areas that are underdeveloped because it means for them to access the services, they need to spend more. To, you know, for transport to get to the nearest clinic or to get to the internet cafe because they don't have access to reliable uh, Wi-Fi like you and I in the urban setting, settings and the like. Um, what's interesting, though, is that um, over time, um, government has a policy which is called the Integrated Urban Development Framework. And mm-hmm. uh, while it's looking at urban areas, it recognizes sharply the link between the urban and the rural areas to say mm-hmm. that, while the urban areas are, might be economic engines, your rural areas are servicing the, 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 the urban areas. So if you think about in terms of uh, food, value chain, for example, you mm, do need mm, your mm. Um, and, um But what we are seeing is um, this policy is being in place um, and investment taking place in the urban areas, as the caller has said, in terms of smart city, um, there have been also other initiatives of trying to expand beyond your um, traditional urban centers, like the Johannesburg, as you were referring to. Mm-hmm. I think a few months ago, about six months ago, um, there was an announcement about a, a smart city development, which is meant to take place from um, the southern part of the of our eastern coast, so running from the eastern Cape right up to uh, Cozy Bay in KZN. Whether we will see that in our lifetime, I, I do not know, but it does take in the recognition that um, there are other areas that need to be developed and economic activities need to be spread across. But it will really require us thinking through the cost of this, number one, the skill set that is, that is required to do this, and you don't just want to displace development from one area to, to another. So those urban-rural linkages are very important, and we cannot ignore the rural areas. We certainly cannot. Unfortunately, time is over for us, and just as when the engine was starting to warm, because you were also touching on the critical issues of it, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and I think a part two of this is most certainly due to Nosipo. Certainly. Well, we know where to find you. Thank you so much. The time is 20.33.